A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Well, didn't blood and guts bloody rule? Presented by Shark Week. I'm Ollie Davis. I'm joined by Luke Owen, DAD. Welcome to the Wrestle Talk podcast review of AEW Dynamite special Blood and Guts. Presented by Shark Week special edition. If you haven't already, please press the thumbs up button. Give us a subscribe. Leave a comment down below with what you thought of AEW Dynamite Blood and Guts. Presented by Shark Week in the comments down below. And also send in your. Omega chats to wrestletalk.com forward slash support. We'll read out every single one of them over five US dollars, where I expect most of them will be. Yeah, Karabushi didn't really stand out that much. I mean, going by the the live chat uh, that we've got, that is something that has been said. It is a thing that people have said. Is that it was not the greatest showing for Kotarabushi. Like someone said, it's the first time I've ever seen him. I don't know why people are banging on about him. I think that's an unfair this is an unfair match to look at me like let's judge his entire mm-hmm. career and output mm-hmm. based on these the the 20 minutes where he was one of nine of ten people in a ring but the other thing is a lot of people didn't like it huh like the 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 chat that's been going on early to this is not good like this wasn't good the mjf adam cole tag match wasn't good whoa and this was not a great episode of dynamite and this was a really bad like not the best it's like the worst blood and guts match gave it 95%. Dude, this was, I thought it was a five out of five show. <laughs> I thought this ruled. I watched Blood and Guts this morning uh, and I was, at the end of it, I was like, that was so awesome. Yeah, and after the MJF Adam Cole tag match, I was like, that was so awesome and so much fun. Yeah. I was like, I can't wait to go on to like Twitter and just see like everyone is just having a great time with this. And I went on there and obviously everyone's got different opinions. That's what's great. Things I'm not saying, oh, I can't believe people were negative about this. But I was, I was really surprised at how many people didn't like this blood and guts and how many thought that it wasn't that great and how Ibushi wasn't great. And I, I will say, I think more people on the Twitter sphere liked the MJF Cole thing. Mm-hmm. But yeah, looking at the early chat here, I was like, yeah, not good. So the, the YouTube live chat, the Twitter, the threads, do the threads like oh, it? I didn't check threads because I, I think everyone stopped checking threads after that first day. Yeah. 
yeah, what was it, 24% reduction in week-on-week <laughs> engagement, I read. Uh, well, I, if I had to rank the blood and gutses, though, I would say last year's was the best. Because it's been three, hasn't there? There has, yeah. But then I would probably put this one over the pinnacle, pinnacle versus inner circle, inner circle one. As would I. I actually would put this above last year's one. Oh, I love last year's one. But I think last year's one I'm only down on now because it was not the end of the feud. I didn't know that yes. at the time. I thought that was going to spin off into an Eddie Claudio thing and, and it didn't. So I think I now look back on that one with hindsight being like, oh, it's not as not that great. Well, it was great, but it's like, I think this one's better. Because this is, was, this, and this is the end now of the mm. elite uh, Blackpool Combat Club feud. After the show went off the air, they, uh, the elite told them that they respect them and they all shook hands at the end of it and that was it. That is the end of the feud. So this was blood and guts being used <clears throat> as a feud ender. I, I, and I think that's the best use for it. Uh, I will also say the the booking to facilitate the emotional resolution of this being the end of the feud i thought was really well done me too because you had the blackpool if only it was told you had the blackpool combat club and the elite who have had a great feud i would say over this year when did it start so like october last year with the with yeah the, okay the, if you the, include moxley hangman stuff yeah what a journey that's been and that informed a lot of the enjoyment i got from this because you had Oh, Hangman Page is coming down. <gasps> him and Moxley. Yeah. Oh my, but him and Omega. Like it's so when Abushi came down, I didn't have that same uh, excitement because he's not really involved in the AEW conflicts. Anyway, uh, at the end, the, the the thing that leads to the finish is Pack walks out on the BCC because he's a bastard. That and like from the very moment he walked through the cage, he was already at odds with Claudio. What did you think of Pack walking out? I liked it. I like it because I, I. Reason why I like it is that I think it tells you the differences between the two things. It's it friendship one. Mm. The Black oh yeah, that's Blackpool good... Combat Club aren't friends. Mm -hmm. They're training partners. They just they train together. And Takeshita is a hired gun, and Pack was brought in as a hired gun, and they're not friends. So the second that Pack was like again at odds with Claudio, it was like f this like why am i fighting with you guys like i should be i want to be fighting against you guys i'm off and then Callus realizing that his team was about to lose was like get out of there now and he pulls to out of the match and that's one of these like mox's expression at the end of this match tells you this whole story Black which is yeah friendship one blackpool combat club beg to differ i say not friends what about moxter <laughs> The Moxley and Wheeler Yuta friendship. That's not a friendship. He just beats him up. No. But then, okay, well, we'll carry on. <laughs> um, personally, I thought that the pack stuff made sense within like the hour of the match because, yeah, yeah they were overegging that from the start. Not overegging it. They were doing it from the start. I just felt like it's a shame Danielson wasn't in the match. Exactly. You wouldn't have this problem if Danielson wasn't in the match. Further to that, you wouldn't have this problem if Eddie had... Like, really, this all stems from Eddie doing the G1. <laughs> Eddie! So Eddie doing the G1 meant that Tony Khan, because talking about this on the media <laughs> call, had to change his Ring of Honor championship plans because it was supposed to be Eddie and Claudio. Mm. So he then made it Eddie... Uh, he made Fine. it Claudio and Mark, but then Mark got hurt. So now there's a pay-per-view on Friday and he didn't have a title match. So it was like, well, we'll do Claudio and Pac. So that's how that's why we did this sort of thing mm. here to set up the, the pay-per-view match on Friday. But that also wouldn't have happened if Danielson hadn't got hurt. So I really love that when Don Callis... 
when oh, Don Keller, I, I just hate him so much, <laughs> that carny piece of S-word. When Don Callis sensed that the tide was turning and the elite were going to win, he's like, come on, Takeshita, yeah. we're out of here. Because they're not part of the Blackpool Combat yeah. Club. And I love that detail. I think that was just so good. And it's like, Blackpool Combat Club, you trusted Callis. That question over, is Blackpool Combat Club the Callis family? No, it's not. I thought they, they told that story fantastically. Unfortunately, Pack walking out just before him undermined that spot for me. If I'm being super picky. But I think that that spot, the the, the to walkout spot is only there because of the pack spot. Like that was the moment when Callus realized the tide's turned and we're going to lose this. They're already a man down. Yeah. And it was like, we need to get out of here now. I think that, you know, if I was doing it, I would not book two you, walkout you spots. You probably would have done the same thing. You'd have done the same spot with Danielson being in the match, I guess. Like, I, I, so like, the, you know, the elite are about to win. So Callus gets Takeshi's leave, leaving it to be five on four rather than five on three. Yeah, or the thing that like makes Takeshi leave, the, that Callus makes him leave is say, because it was a bit outside the cage. And I thought, oh, they're trapped someone outside the cage. Or uh, you can take someone out in a big way and they're gone, they're mm. dead. So then Blackpool Combat Club are four men down. That's when Takeshita gets out there. Anyway, Takeshita goes. And then you have this moment. And do, do you know what actually happened for the finish? Because the way you were talking about Moxley. Yeah. So Mox called for the finish. Yes. Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. So Wheelie Yuta was being strangled and Moxley realized we've lost. And so he called for the finish. He said, we surrender. Mm -hmm. And then he's just sat there. He's handcuffed to the ropes being like, I made mistakes were made. Yeah. I shouldn't have trusted them. And it was almost looking at the elite celebrating, being like, oh, that's why we lost. Yeah. Because that's actual friendship. And that is what helps him. Like, like he's, you know, I respect you. You got yeah. us. You, you outsmarted us. Yeah, you outsmarted us. I love that. I love that. It's such a shame that the cameras missed that. They missed the surrender. The surrender. Because commentary had to tell you yeah. that's what it was. Because I, I, I wrote in here, it was like, oh, Mox looks gutted that, that we... I, that's I thought what he I was thought pissed it was. off at Utah for surrendering. Yeah. But then there's like, we've just learned it was Moxley that surrendered for them. Yeah. Uh, and, and there was no like replay to show Moxley surrendering. Because Excalibur says that. And I'm like, oh my God, that's an amazing story. And then I went back to watch him. I'm like, it doesn't look like he surrenders. I can't mm. see him tapping out when they cut back to him. Uh, yeah. So yeah, it was ah, just... That's a real shame because that that finish is up there potentially if it was done correctly with the Kingston Claudio stuff from last, last year. Last year's finish was so good. Mm. Um, it's like the blood and guts is like who who actually has the most guts or mm. I don't know. Uh, so that is a real shame for me because that Moxley quitting on behalf of Utah makes you feel. The Blackpool Combat Club do look out for each other. I don't think it's because it's Utah. I think it's just he realized they lost, and, you, and they weren't going to win. Yeah, it could be that as well, yeah. like, or, or it could be what you said. Because I, I just built this narrative in my head <laughs> that Moxley and the whole Blackpool Combat Club have conditioned you to you don't lose, mm -hmm. you don't lose over months and months and months. You do the neck bridges. You shouldn't be submitting. Bloody bloody blah, blah, blah. And now he's in this position where he'll die because <laughs> Hangman Page has a chain wrapped around his throat and he's just yanking back three of them, which is the move Moxley tapped out to. Oh, right. In the, the revolution yeah, match. Oh, you're absolutely right. And actually, to your point, they did say that he did it to save Utah. Mm -hmm. So maybe you uh, are right. So Moxley doing that seemed, well, 
you know, I've told this kid probably quite toxically to never give up. And he's gonna he's just gonna pass out in this. I'll throw in the towel for him. That's what I took. Particularly as well when you've had your two hired guns walk out on you. Yeah. This is my fault. I'll save the youngster. Yeah. I thought it was beautiful. That's really nice. Such a shame the camera didn't catch it. Yeah. Because it undermines everything. I don't think it undermines everything. It, I, it's, it is a shame that it's not cool. I don't think it undermines the finish. I have had to do so much work <laughs> in my own head yeah. for that finish to mean something the to me. commentary said there one line oh, It's not enough, man. I, oh, there was no, an I'm... explosion at the end of the exploding barbed wire death match. That's, that's the equivalent, I would say. Poor Moxley. He's cursed. I don't think it's the same thing. Like, I think the, the exploding barbed wire death match is way more embarrassing oh, and yeah. way more undermining. Like, that is actually undermining of, of what he and kingston were trying to do yeah that's way worse yeah but it's the same thing <laughs> i don't even think they're the same thing uh but overall that's let's get into the positives because uh button gets ruled and then we just crapped on it for 10 minutes it's the wrestling media <laughs> way it was it was phenomenal but I, don't think, I don't think we've crapped on it for 10 minutes i think we've just thought like i think we spent the last 10 minutes <laughs> talking about how great the story of this match mm. was and how great the emotional arc of of this story is it is a shame that the camera missed mox doing, i mean i wouldn't even maybe they never had a camera on him like ready for that because there were quite a few spots in typical aew production that were missed because they're trying to capture 10 wrestlers yeah. doing various different things in various different places in some cases on two different levels so i think it is a shame that they missed it but I, it didn't ruin the match for mm. me well no nothing ruined the match for me because i had such a fun time I, I was curious to get your thoughts because usually in these kinds of high concept hardcore stipulations i it's a precarious balance to when I go over the other side and I'm concerned for the wrestler's safety and it takes me out of the story. Everything that happened in this match, I really enjoyed from a kayfabe perspective. Mm. So like the bed of nails and the, the, the glass. The bed of nails I thought was so great. Like as Moxley comes in, the first thing he does is bring out broken glass. And I was like, okay, you're the second person in this match. I, I literally wrote in my notes, I was like, they're still wrestling to do, mate. Like, <laughs> there's still loads of wrestling that's going to happen in this match. What are you doing putting glass over it? And then there was tags. And then I was like, there's no way that they can go a level up here. And then he brings out a nail board. Mm. And I was nail like... Nail board, nail board. I was like, that's insane. Mm. And uh, but appa apparently quite safe because my partner works in the circus. I've got a Shakti mat. And it's, still, it's about just different... Excuse me? Shakti mat. It's like a, it's 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 a basically it's a, a bed of nails. Mm. So it's just a mat that rolls out and it's just got different pressure pad things on it that stab you in the back. Is it the little white? Yeah. Oh, I hate that thing. I've got one of those. Yeah. It's all just about like I've hidden know. it in the house. <laughs> I, I mean, don't want to see it. I've I've had to hide it as well because I've got a two year old. <laughs> <laughs> but it is all about you know spreading the the pressure out. The mm. whole idea of a of a bed of nails and why you can lie on them is about spreading out the the pressure and the pain so that it's not really so focused on one thing there was a guy that was like doing it holding on twitter yesterday was talking about how like this is how you survive torture and he was like using a shaggy i was like that's meant for relaxation like, <laughs> i don't think you can use this as an example of how to survive torture using a relaxation device i think it's torture <laughs> uh but yeah but yeah if you spread out your body weight it it sucks a bit but it doesn't pierce the skin which no. is the danger with a bed of nails uh so yeah some of the I love those spots where they really make you feel something, uh, but you don't ask any more questions. Into is anyone actually hurt? Yeah. Like the remember the paper. Yeah, yeah. And doing the cut across the thing. Obviously, it's all gimmicks. Or the 
the finger break spots. Yeah, yeah. Makes me pop every time. He's just making a sound yeah. with his elbows. Do that. Love it. So, yeah, I really like that. I don't know how they gimmick the broken glass. It's sugar glass. That was gross. Oh, okay. Excellent. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. no one was bleeding that I could see from it the was back. Like, it was stuck in people. But it's yeah. like it's a visual thing of it being stuck in people. But it is like, yeah, it's sugar glass, so it's, it's okay. Did you see Ibushi after the show? You yeah, seen this clip? Yeah, take a back bump into the tax for no reason. Mm. Yeah. So one of my favorite things about Ibushi's entrance is, you know, he did the Jeff Hardy thing where uh, his his golden lover is being like, on a bed of nails. And he's like, well, he's played to the crowd first because yeah. this is my debut here um, before I run down and make the save. But Excalibur said, like, he loves all forms of wrestling. He loves the serious. He loves the wacky. He loves the goofy. He loves the extreme. And I was like, yeah, you're right. Often I don't think about that with Ibushi. But, you know, mm. he is a guy that just embraces this art form in the same way that Omega does. It's probably why they get on so well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he just went down there. He saw tags. He was like, oh, cool. I can take a back, back, uh, you know, back bump into those tags. Why the hell not? It's my first night here. <laughs> I haven't wrestled for two years. Probably filled up that bump card again. <laughs> uh, so what was your uh, impressions of Ibushi in AEW? I thought the entrance was genuine like that's a pop mm. like he came out to a monstrous ovation and that was awesome like that was really really nice it's no double clothes sign but yeah well no, what is what is what is the most over finisher in, in all of wrestling i would wager so that was great he's he's one of 10 guys in a match mm. and the couple of times that he did get like he did his um uh his moonsault onto the bed of nails which i thought was cool yeah. like the standing moonsault but that's really about the only thing that sort of stood out that he did. He had a one... the back bump. That, the... But that was off camera <laughs> <laughs> after the show ended. He did one spot with Takeshita that looked like it went a little bit awry. Uh, like a little bit of... I was like, oh, that's a shame. Um, and that's kind of a bad it. It's not the best match to debut someone in, really, is it? Uh, yeah, I never really thought about that. I, I thought, oh, what a good idea. Have him as the final person. <laughs> Do you know what it is? It's a good idea on paper and, yeah, in, and, yeah. and in story, but an actual execution. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so I I was a little bit underwhelmed by Kota Ibushi. Yeah, um, it's not the best start. Mm -hmm. It really is not the best start. But hey, look at Jay White. Exactly. Draft him to Collision. Yeah. Let's see him punk book him. <laughs> <laughs> That's what we need to do. This is also like a fascinating match in the sense of you know this has come one week after that Five Four Select report with all of the um, you know here's the sort of things that we don't really want people doing anymore, mm. and then they did this match. <laughs> You can't do any of these things, but you can just ask and we'll give you yeah, a you can, you can. Yeah, so People are like, oh man, they did a buckle bomb in this spot. I was like, yeah, because they asked. They just asked, they asked the agent and the agent went, yeah. What were your favorite spots in this? So uh, let's kind of go through this. So Claudio, it was Claudio and Omega to start. I've well, which they put over as those are the two guys with the best conditioning. I thought oh, I had such a smart bit of commentary. Yeah. I really wish Danielson was out on commentary. Then I realized when, yeah. when Callis joined commentary, I was like, oh, that's why Danielson wasn't mm. there. Because otherwise it's a five-man booth with two people on the same side. Um, they mentioned Santana on commentary. Yeah. When they were talking about all the injuries that the, this match has brought out. Uh, they had the Pack and Claudio stuff. I'm basically just trying to find like, oh, this is my favorite bits. It's when Mox came in and Tony Giovanni went, oh, brother. <laughs> Because he just, like, Mox came in with a screwdriver. With no, Nelson. It was a fork, was it? Yeah, he got it, he brought a fork out, which just stabbing people. Then he got another fork out, handed it to Claudio, and be like, there you go, mate. It was like a horror movie. Yeah. I, I was, I thought Mox was my MVP here. I, I was so compelled by his character, especially when he was, he bled. 
Like there was a bit when he had the crimson mask and he thought, oh, Mox is bladed. And then the camera cut to the other ring and it cut back. And it is a crimson jumper. <laughs> it was all down his front. Oh, it looked awesome. Because he got a cut on his back as well. Did I think he? it was from like the bed of nails as well. And he got a cut on his back and he was just pissing blood yeah. down his back, basically. Uh, I enjoyed uh, Matt Jackson doing the locomotion Northern Light suplex on top of the cage oh. and teasing off going off the edge. That was, And I really enjoyed then. It was Wheelie Utah that got down for the heat. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> This cowardly little prick running away. Do you remember right at the start when it was Claudio and Kemi and the yeah. crowd were chanting, use this ring, yeah. use this, because they hadn't wrestled in the other ring yet. I don't think anyone had all night. And then Claudio teased it, but didn't do it. Kenny threw Claudio in the other ring. Uh, I particularly enjoyed when Claudio and Pac, the only time they were really on the same page together, were going to double powerbomb or do powerbomb separately on Nick Jackson and Hangman Page. And from the top of the cage, Matt Jackson rained down thumbtacks yes. through the grate so they landed in front of them. And Claudio and Pac went, huh? Huh? <laughs> oh! And then got backdropped into the tacks great it was such it was great like visual wrestling yeah that was a really inventive spot i hadn't hadn't uh, thought about it in terms of that was the one time they actually worked yeah. together that's a really good beat uh i really enjoyed actually when matt climbed up on commentary because wheelie utah went up there and like you know dared matt to follow him and matt went up and don Callis was like well no one's ever described him as smart <laughs> <laughs> i also enjoyed matt uh, being at wheelie utah while wearing the shark week hat yeah shark week got some mentions one of the uh you know things that Spike was like also reported about the relationship between AEW and Warner Brothers is that Warner Brothers are very happy about how they integrate a lot of their things, mm -hmm. and they were going all out for this. Shark Boy was at the show. Yeah, not on the not on the the actual broadcast. So, yeah, minus five stars. Yeah, <laughs> I was right now. I was waiting for Shark Boy to come out. Who's a better fifth man? <laughs> Abushi. Uh, I also enjoyed uh, all of this nonsense is going on. There's a bed of nails. There's glass. There's tacks. There's all of this stuff. And the crowd trying for tables. Ah, oh, that what? was annoying. <laughs> I was like, what are you doing? Great crowd all night, but I think MJF made them too rowdy. <laughs> and yeah, and then the, the elite obliged. Their baby faces got out of table. Way. We want fire. Yeah. Come on, guys. Like, that's actually quite annoying. That's the bad part of the Raw After Mania yeah. crowd. I think there was also a moment when uh, Pac had decided that uh, enough's enough and it's time for a change and that changes me leaving. Because at one point, he got a buckle bomb into the corner while the Young Bucks kicked him in the back of the head. Mm. A you can't escape. And then Hangman Page immediately hit him with a standing shooting star press. And then the Young Bucks did several top, top rope moves <laughs> to him. It's like, stop it, he's already dead. And it's probably that moment, it's like, oh, I've had enough of this pet. I'm getting out of here. Yeah. Uh, he he got some good revenge though. There was a four. There were four separate superplex spots. Mm -hmm. I think it was all the BCC hitting them. And then you had Matt Jackson uh, with the table on the table set it was up. Nick Nick Jackson on a table set up between the rings, and Pack uses the ceiling of the cage to swing forward and nails this stomp. It's amazing. Oh, it was it was quite satisfying to watch. Yeah. Uh, that and then all the BCC got all the elite in various submissions and Claudio had the swing in the other ring. Ah, oh, great visuals. It was actually, you're right, because that's actually a very good Ibushi moment because mm. everyone's in submissions. Yeah. It started with uh, Kenny going for the one-winged angel and Pac reversing that into the brutalizer. 
Ibushi's the only one who actually breaks out of his hold and he goes and saves everyone individually by just beating up the people that were doing it. But he goes up to Claudio and he chops Claudio to get out yeah, of the way. Yeah. And it powers Claudio up. He gives him a chop and Claudio just gets to scream back at him. And I was like, oh, I, I, I was really surprised there to see quite a few people down on this match because I had so much fun mm. with it. To cap off what I thought was an excellent episode of Dynamite with one, there's only one bit of this show that I thought was bad. One bit? Just only one bit of this show that I would say that is actively bad. Uh, will, will we get to it? Is that a cliffhanger? It's the Brit Baker thing. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it wasn't bad. It was just there, wasn't no, it? No, well, I, I think it's bad as a, as a bigger issue at, at, at play. Oh, okay. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Um, let's see what you all think in the Omega chats. Send them into wrestletalk.com forward slash support. We'll answer every single one of them over five US dollars before the end of the show. Load on this. Oh, three pages already. Dylan says, was that the... Goddamn Don Callis. <laughs> Got me again. <laughs> was that the show live? Front row. It was one of the most entertaining shows I've ever been to. The pack stomped through the table was my spot of the night easily. Abushi took a bump in the tax off the air right in front of me. 
maniac. <laughs> William Rosmer. I find it a bit interesting that both Pack and Utah had almost all of their entrances to the match covered in picture in picture, and no members of the Golden Elite did. Also, it's less than a week, and the Elite do one of the never ever do again moves. Yeah, it is. You just got to ask for permission on that. I think that's just a, a timing thing. Yeah. And, and I'm glad that they did it for entrances during the picture in picture break as opposed to the match. Mm-hmm. Uh, Joel the Welsh Viking. Another great show for AEW from start to finish. I would say, though, for my for my money, Moxley didn't bleed half as much as I wanted him to. Ha, 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 Jan, Jan, Jan. Oh, he, he oh, bled, oh, bled. Although it does, if he doesn't top it up, it dries up quite quickly, doesn't it? Yeah, he's not like, he's not a gusher in terms of bleeding. You know he's what I intense. mean? He's intense. Yeah, it's like, it's a really quick burst. He's mm-hmm. a punk rock song of a bleeder. <laughs> Richie R. Blood and Guts was an absolute blast. My only real complaint is that AEW's production missed, in my opinion, the most important story beat of the match. Mox surrendering to save Utah should be an all-time moment. And while I love the idea, it fell flat. There you go. I totally agree with you, Richie R. There you go. Uh, Eltermas. I think it's hilarious people talking bad about Donny Callis. You wouldn't say this to him IRL. <laughs> He's jacked. Not only that, but he wears the freshest clothes, eats at the chillest restaurants, and hangs out with the hottest dudes. Bless Donathan Callis. Yes. I would never have a bad word to say about Don Callis. If anything, because he's got my favourite face for crowd reactions. You know, that's exactly the one. (laughs) Because he steps to a ring and goes to speak against Buda and goes... (laughs) As if he's surprised. I must have so much fun doing that. (laughs) Don Fallis. Steve Fight, Menberg for four months in a row. I loved Blood and Guts, but AEW needs to work on the production. Cameras missed a lot of uh, it. And what the hell was that Brit match about? I, I, that. I would say that the cameras missing the, uh, the Moxie thing, I think is a genuinely unforgivable thing. But the only other spot I can think of that they really missed that was bad production was Wheelie Utah did a suplex onto a, a, a standing up chair, mm-hmm. or a chair that was stood up. Uh, and yeah, then the they imme- yeah, and then they immediately showed it in a replay afterwards. Hmm. But like that is, I can think is the only two glaring bits that they missed. I think most of it is at that. It's re- totally at that finish. JP, I was there live last night, and it was such an awesome show, and the absolute loudest crowd I've ever been a part of. You haven't been to a Wrestle Talk live watch along, then, have That's you? That's true. Yeah, you can tell how loud this crowd were because the AEW production actually picked them up. <laughs> Zing. <laughs> Write that one down. You can use that for a future review. Also, after the show went off air, Ibushi just decided to jump back first onto the tax because he's insane and I love him. Danny G. Afternoon, gents. Hate to be a Debbie Downer. But blood and guts left me cold. Good match, but not as special as previous. And the finish was so anticlimactic. Felt like booking for a heel face switch without doing it. Five faces going over three heels seems backwards. Friends. There it is. It's the friends. Friendship one. I think the booking was actually perfect for me. Uh, your local metalhead. Hi, guys. I was there. Li- loads of people were there live. Live and in person for the show. And I had an effing blast. Where was it again? Uh, Boston. Boston, yeah. The tag match was great. And the blood and guts was brutal fun. Also, the fact that they played Claudio's <laughs> theme three full times during the commercial break was amazing. Yeah, it was a long old commercial break, that. Andy Sandbox, yesterday was an amazing show. Totally okay with the end, even before they explained Mox verbally submitted. We need to accept that we are not seeing a death for a finish, guys. Draw the line. <laughs> a ref stopping someone from dying is a good finish in itself. Uh, but that wasn't the intention. If that was the, if the death was the intention, yeah. 
that would be fine. I agree. But the intention was the Moxley surrender. Yeah. John Rye, uh, I understand that Abushi's debut has been eh, but people are really being unfair. MJF and Cole were amazing. The dance-off was hilarious. I just feel like this wasn't the time or place to do it, like maybe at Rampage at a regular tag match with no stakes. Oh, I thought this was the perfect time to do it. Uh, Karen Mirachandani, member for 13 months. Love the match. Did not love that ending. Babyfaces getting a five-on-three advantage kind of sucked. Great show nonetheless. And I think this, because this was a, the argument I, I was seeing in the early chats of people being like, it's backward booking because the babyfaces had the advantage. But I think that's also the, that's the story. I'd say that's quite a, a classic narrative as well. Like in movies and in, in old wrestling matches, the heels turn on each other. Yeah. Because they're, they're heels. And the, the friendship sees you through to the end over the long haul. It was going to be my thumbnail. I've got a picture of Kenny and Coach, and I was just going to have friendship wins. Mm. Or just friendship, like it's a Mortal Kombat finish. <laughs> friendship. Uh, Timmy to Dope. We, we might as well do all the blood and guts stuff. Yeah. Uh, Timmy to Dope. Did you see Ibushi take a back bump into the tax for no reason after the match? Yes, we did. Dude is a nut. Also, the MJF Cole silly story might be my favorite story in wrestling, and I don't mind the goofiness of the feud when you have blood and guts later in the show. I totally agree. Mm. Variety. William Rosmer. The buckle bomb uh, was on the under no circumstances can you do this list, not the okay with permission list. Okay, they asked. <laughs> yeah, but he's saying... No, I know. There wasn't if, even an ask. But if you went up to them and asked, they'd be like, ah, do you know what, on this one we'll let it slide. It's. I think this is a... Maybe it's it's not as strict of a rules because like someone asked Sean about this and Sean mm. was like, "Look, I didn't make the rules. Like yeah. I just reported the rules." Um, and maybe the argument we made, well, you know, they saved his neck with the feet because uh, the young bucks kicked him in the back of the head. Arctolatry, Arctolatry, Arctolatry. Hi guys, this was my first Blood and Guts match and I liked a lot of it, though I think the ending ruined it for me and took the wind out of the sails. Also, I was excited for Ibushi, but ultimately felt he did not live up to the hype. Felt very low energy. Yeah, I, I agree. Like, yeah. he is, it, it's being one of ten people's hard to get yourself over. Yeah, but I, he could have just ran a bit more. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Sometimes if he just ran down ultimate warrior style mm. and then when he was uh, attacking people rather than slowly walking to the spot where he was going to perform the kick from maybe he ran and did the kick i think that's fair that's also, my, yeah. my backseat wrestling i also think it's like he's going to be on a he's going to be on the wrong foot as well because last week's debut was debut mm. so lackluster that I think he's got he's got an uphill struggle now. Yeah. In, I think in the eyes of some fans, he's going to have a real uphill battle in his hands to get people on side. Especially because I think there's, there's a portion of fans who don't want to see elite stuff succeed. Yeah. And now they can lump that into it. Mm -hmm. uh, Campar Scott. When Pac walked out, I was hoping to have the lights go out and then you hear Cold of Personality play. Uh, all of the elite turn to look up the ramp only for a black hooded cameraman to attack them from behind. When the lights come on to be revealed to be Y2J, that's actually really fun. It is, but I don't want Y2J in this. <laughs> Even though I feel like we are leading to uh, uh, Golden Elite, or Golden Lovers versus Takeshita and Jericho. Mm -hmm. Joel, the Welsh Viking King, finally for now, says, Ooh, Blackpool Combat Friends! In between us, quote. A 
Uh, keep getting your chats in to wrestletalk.com forward slash support. We'll read out every single one of them over five US dollars while we get on with the full play-by-play, -play, which is only really an, an hour worth of stuff. Oh, yeah. Because we just covered an hour. Uh, Jungle Boy versus Hook started things off. A repackaging for Hook, a win of the FTW title, and Hook's... Did I say... Who did I say repackaged? Jungle Boy. Good. Hook ended his undefeated streak. Yes, a, lot of, a lot of newsworthy stuff here. Big things in there. Mm. Jungle Boy is now coming out to the Bugs Bunny music. Bum, 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 bum. Wait, uh, in, the, in the orchestral thing. Yeah. Uh, the orchestra episode. And I... Uh, yeah, he had this video. I, I didn't get this opening video that he has. Oh, really? Yeah, where he's just digging a hole and then gets in a limo. He's burying his old gimmick. It would be nice to have seen that because he just dug a hole and then left. I was waiting for like that shot of him throwing something into the holes because they made a big deal of the in the thing. It's like he's wearing different boots now. In the video package, it would be nice if he'd have shown him throwing the boots into the hole. They, they. It looked like he was chucking someone in there, and we did get a shot of some boots. Oh, did we? Oh, maybe I missed Pretty it. Then. Sure. Oh, that's on me then. Yeah, that's on me. I thought it was quite obvious. And then he gets in the limo, and it's like, now I'm big money jungle boy. <laughs> uh, so this is, I got, you know, there's some people like Ricky Steamboat. You think I can never imagine you being a heel, mm. and I would say Jungle or Bailey back in the day. Uh, I'd say Jungle Boy fits into that category. So it was really curious and. Pretty good. Yeah, I thought he was really, really good in this. Uh, I thought the T-bone from the ring to oh, the floor. But, great uh, spot. I, it's, you kind of forget how great Hook is mm. because he doesn't do a lot. And that's a problem with his company. Um, <laughs> but he, I think he was really great in this. I thought he was awesome. I thought the fire that he had in this was Because he just feels so legit compared to a lot of mm. other people. And then when he's in the ring with Jungle Boy, who is this, you know, he's this now goofy heel. When he's just going in and he's throwing those punches and those suplexes, I'm like, oh, he's legit dangerous. And I'm actually quite scared of this man. And how long did it go? About like seven, ten minutes? Yeah. That's I'm, pretty yeah. long for a hook yeah, singles yeah. match. Uh, I love the spot when Christian hit a Christian? German. Jungle Boy. Didn't mean to do that. <laughs> uh, Jungle Boy hit a German on Hook. And Hook just stands right up behind him. And the crowd exploded. Yeah. I was like, ah! This is a hot crowd. Yeah. I, it, was a, it was a no sort of a deadlift German as well. But I also then, uh, Hook answered with his own deadlift German into a pinning combination. But he maintained that waist control. It's not like the, the Benoit one where you just do three Germans. No, he was looking to get a pin on every single one of those German suplex attempts. That was, it was great. Awesome. You know, I, I, I'm a... Uh... I'm excited for Jungle Boy in this. I think it's the right decision him winning because of the, the repackaging. But if you ask me, who do you want to see? Whose next storyline do you want to see? I'm, it's Hook for me. Yeah, particularly because when... Uh, so they had a visual pin. Hook had the match won, but the referee was bumped. And then uh, Jungle Boy hit him with the FTW Championship and pinned him to win the title. Mm. Taz was legit pissed off. He was distraught. He was so upset at this. And I loved that. So I was like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because he was like... It's his title. It's his, it's his son. And it's his boy. Mm. And Jungle Boy cheated to win. And he was genuinely... Not really. There was a moment when the camera was like, I really wish the camera wasn't on me right now. Yeah. Like it was, I thought it was a really great performance by Taz. It probably wasn't a performance. <laughs> <laughs> we love Taz. Uh, so but yeah, I digress. But there's the larger overarching story as well, but... MJF and Christian have been telling Jungle Boy to cheat. Mm. And this is the first example of him cheating in a match, I think. Yep. One. Yeah. 
Crime does pay. He finally won the title, mm. even if it's a title that isn't recognized by this company. And that's but that's what makes it great. Yeah. Uh, how do you feel about Hook's undefeated streak suddenly coming to an end in this? A bit like Crimson's. <laughs> Deep gut. <laughs> Come on, though. Like, Hook's undefeated. You could have built Hook's undefeated streak up to that, be something bigger. That's what I mean. That's why I think it's like Crimson's. Yeah. Because Crimson had this undefeated streak for like a year and a half, and it meant diddly dick. Yeah. Like, this is the same thing. When like Hook got pinned, I was like, I wonder if that's the first time he's been pinned in this company. And then they said on commentary, I was like, oh, that's why it doesn't mean anything. Yeah, yeah. Uh, after that, we got Alex Marvez. I like, <laughs> I like the effort. <laughs> I liked Alex Marvez calling this, and I quote, the hottest story in pro wrestling. Uh, you know that thing you do where you pretend to whisper, shout to a friend, mm. like you might be a child when you're doing this. That's how Alex Marvez was performing this. Uh, I'm going to get the hottest scoop of the, the century. And then it's just some footage of it was Callis and Jericho having having dinner. dinner yeah. yeah. And then they chased him off. It, it was Marvez calling this the hottest story in pro wrestling. I was like, did Jericho write this? Uh, I've written here with the excitement of a horny voyeur. <laughs> Now, if it was a horny foyer, he'd be like, you're taking things away from me. You're taking away my Sarah. So then we got our next chapter of Adam Cole (laughs) and MJF. And they're outside of a Chinese restaurant in Boston. Mm -hmm. And Cole's like, look, we're friends. I want you, I want to help you get over your biggest fear. And Max is like, poor people? (laughs) Oh my God, that, that broke me so hard. I will <laughs> because he's so, he delivered it so innocently, yeah. and Cole's like, no, no, like, spicy food. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then they're like, oh, we're going there to a Chinese restaurant in yeah. Boston. The idea being poor people and spicy food. Oh, it's so well written and performed. It's so good. Max was then uh, telling him what he did this tweet uh, during the week as well about uh, body slamming Big Bill in front of 90,000 people. And he did it again, but I was upping the amount the way that Hogan always does when he's retelling the Andre story, body slamming Big Bill in front of 95,000 people. And I was like, dude, I was there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) it wasn't that many people. Uh, So they get some spicy food given to them. They they munch it down. And it was very spicy by the, the looks of things. I thought Adam Cole's performance here was because did you ever did you ever watch the skit that Johnny Gargano and Adam Cole did? It's like one of the last things Cole did before he left NXT. I don't think I did. It wasn't even on NXT. It was to I think it was to reveal some figurines. Right. And it was just Gargano and Cole trying to make each other break. <laughs> and like Gargano would introduce what is essentially a corporate video to promote these things and he'd say his name and they'd bounce off the ropes and come back into the middle of the ring. And Cole's like, why are you doing You didn't tell me you were going to do that. And they just run this bit over and over. Mm. And Cole is a very good comedic performer, but he's in the role of the straight man here for Max to play off. Yeah. I thought this was Cole's coming out here yeah. for, for, to get to be more of the overt comedy. And that really played into the the match as well when we had that break. That break? The dance break. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, good point. <laughs> uh, so it's so spicy, they wash it down with what they think is water. Their taste buds are ruined by the spice. It's actually, did he say 100% alcohol? Yeah, it's because he said this water tastes weird. 
And he said, yeah, it's because it's 100% alcohol. So then they're drunk. And so then they're just sort of slurring back at each other and stuff and sort of slurring their words and stuff. Mm. And then he's just like, whatever there. He looks like Sammy Guevara. It's like, no, he doesn't. He looks like Daniel Garcia. Yeah. Do you know what we should do? Double clothesline. And then the last shot is them both running at this guy going, ah! In slow mo. Yeah. Brilliant. Really good stuff. Uh, then Britt Baker squashed Kayla Sparks. Right, um, okay. Then if we... I may, if I may, <laughs> if I may. Do you like Britt Baker? No. Well, oh. I do. Well, I do. That's oh. not my issue here. Like, it's it's this company. So, for whatever reason, I'm sure there's some stats that that Tony Khan has dived into. He is a stats man. Be ba 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 da and he just he loves his. Oh, stats. you went you went that man. I thought you were doing ass man. <laughs> no, he's a, he's a stats man. Dum dum. He's, he's a, a stats man. man. Dum dum. dum. Somewhere along the way, a decision was made in AEW that you were only allowed to have one women's match per show. Why would you want more? No more, no less. Mm. There can't be none. Fewer. Fewer. <laughs> there can't be none. No. There has to be one. That's misogynistic. Yeah. Oh, it'd be weird if there were none. <laughs> <laughs> what is this, Ring of Honor? Yeah. No. Like, <laughs> no, there has to be at least one. So they looked at this card and they were like, oh no, we haven't booked our one women's match for the card. Well, we don't want to look bad on Twitter, do we? So we better do, Britt Baker will be in action. What's she going to do? Nothing. She's just going to win a squash match in 19 seconds and that's it. And so you just sort of take a step back and be like, well, what was the point then? Like, just don't do it. Because mm-hmm. what happened instead is you just got people going like, well, what was it? I said people on Twitter were like, what was the point in that? Like, what a complete waste of everyone's time. And I just don't, I don't know what this was doing here. Either do more women's matches so you don't feel like you just have to always do one women's match, or just do something better. Put on an actual, like, an actual match mm. here. Or, yeah, you, you sort of do the work before. The problem isn't this episode. The problem is... Oh, it's a, oh it's, that's yeah, what I mean. yeah. Well, that's what I was saying earlier. <clears throat> this is a wider company yeah. problem. There has been a problem with AEW since day one of the promotion. Mm. They only can do one women's match per show. And so then they just thought, oh, well, man, we've got to do that. We haven't booked one. Uh, Britt, are you around? Can you just put your gear on and go out there and win for 30 seconds? Are you going to have Soraya and Tony Storm or do that? No. Are you going to do anything with Will and I? No. Uh, are you going to advance the story? No. Just go out there and win your match quickly and off your pop. Qu- quickly. To the back. We've got Renee's going to be interviewing uh, the, the men who are the important people here. <laughs> the best friends. <laughs> uh, the... What story is there to progress, I, I think, is more my problem. But the, yeah, uh, that's another yeah, wider yeah, company yeah. problem then. Uh, I really think that the women women's division doesn't get anywhere near the level of creative focus that nope. the men's storylines do. And what that means is that you don't really have any actual feuds to book around, which means that it's kind of, I, I imagine it's at the bottom of their to-do list. Ah, but we've already plotted out the rest of the show. Let's cram this in here. Yeah, we've already we've got our story with Hook and uh, Jungle Boy. Uh, we've already got our MJF Cole thing. That's the hottest thing in the company right now. And we've got an hour-long Blood and Guts match. So, yeah, we've, we've got to have a look. Yeah, you get 20 seconds. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It wasn't even a good squash match because no. it just felt, it really felt quite transparently like lip service. Yeah. Lipstick service, you used to call Lipstick it. Lipstick service. Uh, but. It's okay. Now we're back to the good stuff. <laughs> 
MJF and Adam Cole then have a backstage interview with Renee, I think. Um, Max had a line that unlike Sammy Guevara's engagements, they don't have a plan B. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and they talk about getting each other match in attire. That's really cute. And Cole's like, I've got one more surprise for you. Cut to the ring. Well, before that. Mm. So Max and like, I've got one more surprise for you. And they run off by best friends. And oh. Roderick Strong. Oh, oh, friend Roderick Strong. Was like, oh no, my friend's running away with the baddie. And he's still got his neck brace on because he's all grumpy Roderick Strong. He's like, Adam! Ah, hey, Adam! Hey, Adam! He's already gone, mate. Yeah. Uh, he is coming across spectacularly lame. <laughs> Renee looked at me like, ugh. Yeah. <laughs> Come on, mate. Get a life. <laughs> didn't you used to be Roderick Strong? Yeah, didn't you outsmart Jericho a couple of weeks ago? <laughs> Why are you in such a bitch? <laughs> <laughs> uh, so then we got the Guevara. Like, what was just staggering about this segment, a match end segment, is how many storyline plates it spun. I just, in all, I, th- I thought this is like the most seamless, dense booking, mm. uh, the likes of which I've never seen. Yeah. So Guevara Garcia come out. Jericho comes out. Uh Uh-oh, don't worry. He's just going to be on commentary because he's seeing how his JS people do. There's, you know, some tension there. He's told them they need to go fly on on their own without his uh, his help. So you've got that going on. Then you get MJF and Adam Cole coming out. Uh, This wonderful moment off of the interview where they play Max's music again. And MJF's like, oh, no, no, you've made a mistake. Cut my music. Uh, You've got to play Adam Cole's music. And then he realizes... It's a mashup theme that Colder created. Yeah, that was his other surprise. Because the last two weeks, it's been MJF comes out and he's been trying to like <clears throat> big up Adam Cole. So it's stop my music, play Adam Cole's mm. theme. So on this one, he was renovated to that and they played instead of Colder got him a remix. They've got a joint song mm. now. They've got a joint song, matching gear, matching jackets, which is also, you know, contrasting with the JAS who came out separately. Yeah, yeah. And then you've got this storyline with Sammy as well, who's been told by Darby and it's been told by other people, you are under Jericho's thumb and this is not the best career for you. This is ma- making your career worse. And he keeps going back to making these mistakes again. And I think some of this is probably going to be a big realization mm. moment for him in this babyface journey that he's currently on that some people apparently want to see. <laughs> Tony. Uh, <laughs> it was, but then MJF and Adam Cole are, uh, they were so over. Yeah. This was like the acclaimed at their peak. And that sounds like a, but the acclaimed were super over. That, that was like the hottest thing in wrestling. That Chicago show. Yeah. Uh, they were right up there. And because you've put in the time and effort to have those vignettes, which is something I've, I've really enjoyed and I wish AEW did more because when they put their minds to it, that production's fantastic on those sort of segments. It make it gives you context going into a match where you can get really invested in certain spots, mm-hmm. and which obviously the double clothesline finish. But yeah, it started off with Garcia doing his sexy hips, and then Jeff was like, "Let's have a dance off." Yeah, well, he does the, he does the hips back to him, so Garcia just does the hips back at him, but even more viciously this time. And he's like, "You can't dance to me, bro." And I'm just like, "That sounds like it's a dance off. Mm-hmm. That sounds like a challenge." Gets to the crowd shot dance off dance off so mjf gets out the ring runs around to the production plays some dance music and he gets back in the ring so floor's yours yeah and daniel garcia and sammy Guevara did a dance routine that ended with them promoting shark week yeah wow wow 
And then, you know what, that's, that's perfect branded content. And then MJF did his own dance routine without Adam Cole, who was stood at the side being like, what are you doing? Mm. Like, what, what is this? It was the Adam Cole we've seen from the start of this partnership of being like, oh, what is this? What, this is a bit weird. And so MJF does it, and he encourages Cole to get involved. Everything takes over Cole, and he gets in and does his Twitch dance that yeah. he doesn't depart. And, stuff. and it's awful. <laughs> it's horrendously bad. Yeah. And MJF's like, you went too far. Mm-hmm. And that is how the heels get the heat, because they then attack them and get the heat on the match. I then wrote in my notes here, in all caps, tremendous. Uh, they did the record scratch. <laughs> well, when Cole's music... Um, I have been conditioned to hate the record scratch as a comedy device. Really? Yeah. By who? By the person I used... Well, I sort of started out in production like 2011. Mm. Uh, I tried to put a record scratch in a skit thing on for music and he was just like, never, ever. <laughs> never, ever. And he was quite scary, but yeah. I respected him a lot. He was like, never cheapen yourself to put in a, a record scratch. <laughs> if you have to put a record scratch in your joke... That's not a good enough joke. And it's oh, always right. stuck with me. It's why, like, I, I mean, we just get around it. We use bars and tone a lot. <laughs> <laughs> but it's the same same sort of comedic punctuation. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that's when I heard that record scratch, I was like, oh. <laughs> I, uh, I love this. Someone said this to me being like, you will be amazed to hear that was not in the commercial break. And I was one of the was like, I'd have been stunned if it was in the commercial break. <laughs> Uh, I got big beer money vibes from MJF and Cole here. Yeah. And I mean that with the utmost respect. I think they're one of the best tag teams of the last 20 years. Yeah. It was so great. Because there's a story in this match. There's two, I mean, there's lots of stories going mm. on. But one of the stories in, within this match was Adam Cole trying to convince MJF to do a dive. God, that's so good. A baby face thing to do, a pure baby face thing to do is do a tope suicida. And MJF's like, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. And they're kind of going, oh. And he runs the ropes. He runs back. And then he runs the ropes. He runs back. And he runs the ropes. And he's like, I'm not doing it. He chickens out. He chickens out. In a it. nice, like, relatable way, not a heel blow off. Yeah. And then that's how they, you know, they get the heat on uh, Sammy. And. The way that MJF gets the hot tag to Cole is that he drops Sammy down, but he himself is stunned. And Sammy's got his legs open. And MJF goes, Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> and he reaches for the hot tag and then does the flare flop into his knob. Yeah. Fantastic. So good. Uh, and then, of course, MJF does hit the tope. Yeah, he then, Adam Cole convinced him to do the tope. And they just kept teasing the double clothesline. Mm. They would shout for it. They would go for it. Sammy would duck. They'd go for it. Garcia would reverse it. And eventually, they hit. They, Cole gets MGF to do a dive. He does it. They hit the double clothesline, and they win. It's remarkable. Uh, every simple move they did had so much meaning behind it because they'd set up these spots and it comes from wanting these two characters to work together and be friends that the crowd exploded at each one of those and you're like actually the crowd did pop more for a double clothesline for a simple dive to the outside than they did you know whatever crazy blood and guts spot which probably really hurt we bring this to one over that Rev Pro show with Keith Lee versus Tomohiro Ishii 
that whole match is built around a suplex. Yeah. What a very, very simple move. But they spun out like a 20-minute match out of one suplex spot. And when they finally hit that suplex spot, the crowd went yeah. ballistic. It was louder for that than some of the incredible stuff that Will Ospreay and Zack Sabre mm. Jr. were doing in the main events. Uh, that's psychology. Yeah. Uh, Jericho said that's the biggest pop from a tope since 1992. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, they win, they hug, they're on their knees. It's just like really so genuinely happy for them. And then Guevara and Garcia walk out. They walk out past Jericho, giving him the cold shoulder. That was like the perfect amount. So Jericho's not overbearing and it's Mm -hmm. there. It's a beat. Yep. And it pushes him further (laughs) into the Callis family. But then Cole picks up the world title to give to Max. And he just looks at it a bit too long. He just just looked at it, and MJF turned right. It's not like he was looking at it for ages. It was just that moment too long, because MJF turns around, and he's like, what the hell are you doing? And he's genuinely furious and mad, because he's waiting for Cole to turn on him. Like, that's just what they said last week. The pair of them were like, I, I, was, I was getting ready to turn on you. Like His whole plan was for me to turn on you. And so he's waiting for Cole to drop the other shoe and turn on him and cole was like so hard trying to defend himself i was like i I just wanted to hand this back to you Mm -hmm. i'm so sorry i didn't mean to i I just wanted to hand you the title back because you've earned this and you've worked this i am your friend and he hands the title over and the crowd are shouting hug it out hug it out and they hug it out and everything's fine cole goes towards the corner to celebrate and mgf just lifts up the belt holding it close but it's in that same hand you would do it if you were to hit someone with it and it's there it's just those moments are there mm-hmm. it's the proper hangman with the the ropes and turns around like oh my god oh sorry i thought he was gonna i thought he was going to do gonna do something else it's that sort of moment and so just when you think oh no like this is when we're gonna have the dissension ftr come out so FTR's music hits, they come out and they are like jaw-jacking with them. Mm. And then jaw-jacking with them and jaw-jacking in each other's faces puts them back on the same page because they jump up to defend yeah. their friend against these two mm. assholes. Uh, I described it in my review purely for Dave Bradshaw to understand a reference as when Randy Savage <laughs> looked at Miss Elizabeth when Hogan had yeah. her on his shoulders. Um, but yeah, the, I, and then we've got this FTR versus Max and Cole match to look forward to. It's next week's it's collision. It's next week's collision, which is good because that's one I get to review. Yeah, I just just astounding stuff. It was absolutely incredible. And then <laughs> they play the Cole MJF remix again, and Dax Harwood just looks down the barrel of the camera. and says, "Hey Tony, next time play our music. We're the champions." Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and looked genuinely quite annoyed. Yeah. And they just got into more jaw jacking with max because his music wasn't playing um yeah i i thought every single element of this was perfect yeah loved it home run uh and then renee's backstage with the best friends darby and nick wayne it's to set up the royal rampage on rampage and cassidy versus ar fox with a man in a shark outfit danced obnoxiously behind the commentary desk taz threatened to throw him off the stage (laughs) (laughs) Uh, but yeah that's uh that's the show because then we have blood and guts like i said that MJF cold tag match, the blood and guts, the jungle boy match. I thought this was just an astounding show, even with my nitpicking. Mm-hmm. Uh, shame about the finish, but 
One of the best shows they've ever done for me, 95%. Loved it, loved it, loved it. It's a five out of five show for me. Before we get into our remaining Omega chats, I think we've actually done all of our. Thank you. I think we've done all of our oh, uh, Patreon shoutouts. We have. We have. Well, then straight over to the Omega chats. Uh, Restort.com forward slash support. Last call for those. We've got a bunch. Uh, Hector Rodriguez, Menberg for 18 months. Blood and Guts was incredible. And I turned 26 years old today. Man, Coda is mad for jumping on tax for no reason. It's a birthday gift to you. There you go. Uh, OGP, yeah, you know me. Hey guys, love the show. Can't believe Garcia Dance got over. Even got me doing it at home. <laughs> I wish I could do it at home. I can't swivel my hips like that. Uh, the Blood and Guts match was great, but a terrible debut for Ibushi. He has to have a singles match next week. Also, Pack also has beef with Eddie in ROH. Three-way coming soon? Could be, yeah. Did you hear, uh, have you seen Pack's promo that he cut after the show to accept Claudio's challenge for Death Before Dishonor? I haven't. It's a great Pack promo um, because it's, he's Pack and he's awesome. But he accepts the challenge. He'll be at Death Before Dishonor this Friday on pay-per-view. Mm. And then he's about to walk off and he comes back and he's like, oh, just so you're aware, Blackpool's a shithole. <laughs> <laughs> and then just goes you should be embarrassed that's funny <laughs> uh hannah allen lovelies hard emoji hard emoji back at you the show was brilliant top to bottom the women deserve better ask the woman in your life if they feel that way uh i think my partner's very very content with me. Uh, i'll be honest I, I feel like my partner wouldn't care that Britt baker only had a 20 second match on this i, I will tell her and she will not care yeah uh, oversight aside, what a show. I love the character stuff, even the Jack Perry stuff. The work from Taz, Chef's Kiss. The Jericho Callas stuff was silly, but I loved it. Of course, Colin MJF was my favourite. The bromance is real and forever. Double clothesline. Also, MJF. Why you hold it like that? Uh, what was... Oh, right, when he's got the title. <laughs> Flipping magic. Hashtag thank funk no punky... Spewster. I think that's because there's no punk on the show. Maybe. Thank funk, no punky spewster. Cool. Jam <laughs> that jam, lots of love. BM White House 76. Not going to lie, the Adam Cole dance is what I do internally when The Miz makes it onto a parts <laughs> unknown top 10 best of list. And those rare occasions, uh, rare, occurs, rare occurrences. Tempest is younger than us. <laughs> he has fonder memories of The Miz. And he hates him more than I do. Mm. And I don't even hate him. Meng, I thought that Adam JF going to be like Jericho, but now it felt like the mega powers. That's what I was thinking. Maybe MJF will try to celebrate with Brit. Huh. That's a fun way to take it. Mm. Uh, or maybe they are John Cena and Eve Torres with Roderick Strong as Zack Ryder. Oh, no, he's going to throw him <laughs> off the stage in a wheelchair. There's a there's a storyline. Also, That'll Jungle Boy. <laughs> also, Jungle Boy just have a typical Reigns match. <laughs> we did a lot of jaw jacking to mm. the crowd. I I saw a, a tweet from John Albert that uh, I I do 100% agree with on this. I'm sure they had plans for Adam Cole and MJF at All In or whatever they wanted to do at All Out. This is so over that maybe you want to change those plans. Cool and audible. Yeah. Yeah. And it will like extending their partnership out will make the turn feel more significant. It's the uh, Matt Riddle Randy Orton thing. Mm. That wasn't supposed yeah. to be going as long as it did. Uh, Elm, Elterms. 
Is it me or is Adam Cole a bit of a boring wrestler? Like you see it at the end of math. Oh, well, Adam did 32 moves, but you can never remember them. Can you remember a single move Adam doing? But try MJF, you can see the move, and I'm remembering a move of him, MJF. I disagree. Uh, I know the AW run largely hasn't been top-notch, but go back and watch those NXT matches. Mm-hmm. The Gargano matches, the ladder match, match, the Ricochet match. They're phenomenal. Yeah. <clears throat> Will Campbell. I love Dax and Cash, but God damn it, I want Cole and MJF to win the titles when I'm there in Hartford, Connecticut. Would you do that? Put the belts on them. Yeah. Why Kinda. not? Why not? Why not? Yeah. James Zimmerman, five <gasps> out of five show, enough said. And then at All In, you do a six man tag of CMFTR versus Adam Cole, MJF, and Roderick Strong. That's great. Thank you. That's really good. Yeah. <laughs> Sammy Boy says, although I really like this match, I would have bet that we got a woman's blood and gut match this year with the Outcasts versus Team AEW. That was something we were We thought we they might do, yeah. Thinking. I'm just annoyed with the Outcast booking and story. Dax versus MJF after the double jeopardy. Remember Pinnacle. I totally Pinnacle. forgot about the Pinnacle. Yeah, well, I, I said the Pinnacle a few weeks back when it's about like, you know, it's uh-huh. MJF going up against Dax. There's some interesting, there's a lot of history between the people in this match and Adam Cole's also there. I'll hot tag to you. Uh, we have got Brett J. Rasmussen uh, says, this show was amazing. Cole and MJF are better than you, baby. Should win the tag belts next week. And I'm a bit worried that they may break them up. I hope Tony Khan keeps them together until all in, do the rematch there and then do the feud at all out. Yeah. I mean, keep them together longer. Yeah. Elm Trish says, hello, rest talk. I was not there live. <laughs> Justin Edel, he has been a member for seven months in a row, said, my theory for MJF and Cole is that the footage will be played of MJF paying Samoa Joe to take out Roderick Strong. It is in MJF's character. Yeah, and he apologizes. I like, you know, that that was a different time before we were friends. Yeah, Um, yeah, I was going to say, because the other thing is they've, MJF's already copped to, I was going to turn on you. Admitted that last week. The whole thing was just, I was just going to turn on you. Uh, Dex Baker says, I just want to appreciate Taz. He was in such a bad mood for the rest of the show after Hook loss, worse than usual. He took Excalibur's Owen yes. Hart action figure and threatened to throw a shark off the stage. Yeah. The the action figure there was funny. Excalibur was <laughs> like, can I have that back now? <laughs> Game plays games. Well, I'm excited to see what this means to Jungle Boy. The new look just made him feel like he should end up with Jay White and Juice Robinson. Let him come out a bit more as a character while giving some new allies instead of going back to Christian. I think he might get lost in the shuffle there. Maybe give him his own faction, though. Not a bad idea. Sheldon said, I really enjoyed Dynamite, but the Brit Baker squash made me so angry. 60 seconds for your women's division is unforgivable. I agree. I don't think AEW have a single women's feud right now, and the closest they have is Athena versus Willow, which is an ROH feud. That is dismal booking. I agree. Mm. 100%. Mr. Eaglesby has been member for 21 months in a row. Said, Hope all is well over there and over here in the States. I'm dying in this Texas heat. So, who besides Cole would you like MJF to face at all in? Well, I've given my pick now CMFCR versus Punk, uh, Cole, and Roddy. Well, I think now that Kenny's done the BECC feud. I think Kenny MJF is a feud that's right there. I think Hangman Page in a feud is right there. They have history with Adam Cole in the Bullet Club. That yeah, could be an interesting dynamic. I think we're going to get Kenny Takeshita yeah. at, at All In. So I'll go for Hangman Page. Hangman Page is such a good shout. Mm. 
Uh, Mr. Toff 2 has been a member for six months in a row. He said, I'm really invested in the MJF and Cole segments. What if, uh, what if it is the Cole that turns on MJF in the end and not the other way around? This is what we fancy booked a few weeks back. There is an option. Well, like the, the mistake turn. Or just the, yeah, the heartbreaking thing yeah. of just, I can't believe another friend has, has turned on me. There is also the option that you make MJF and make a baby face off of this. Like this is Max's actual baby face turn. Yeah. And Cole does turn heel on him. So many ways you could take it. Eddie Pat 14. Now I say this knowing that absolutely nobody is going to believe me. But when MJF came out last night, I started singing Adam Cole's song to his <laughs> instrumental and thought, well, that'll be a nice tag theme. And then it happened 15 seconds later. Trust me, I'm not lying. I don't believe you, Eddie Pat. I think you've made that up for the purpose of a Omega chat. Dirty D's done dirt cheap. When I saw the leather jacket, I half expected back in black. If Jack is going to use Beethoven, he needs a robe. <laughs> Not actually, Tesco has been a member for five months in a row. Says, happy five months. Small highlight of the night for me was MJF doing the SpongeBob walk up the Tope Sewer oh, Cedar. A lovely touch to the roads there. Mm. He did. He did uh, Cody Rhodes' stompy toddler walk that mm. he does. Well, I'm going to the back now. Uh, Gaz Gengar has become a member. Oh. Um, you are also a moderator. You don't need to do that. <laughs> um, Elmtras said. Oh, we've had. Um, you probably haven't refreshed. I'll do those. Razar288, mock surrendering, is very much in character. Danielson has always been the cold bastard of the BCC. Mox is a loose cannon with a soft side <laughs> that he's shown consistently. His relationship with Eddie, Shota, and Wheeler are consistent and paternal. This might lead to the fracture of the BCC. Then if Danielson comes back and, you know, you surrendered for him, mm. for Utah. That's good. That's not what we do in yeah. the combat club. That is not what Regal taught us to do. Mm. I really like that. Yeah. And then you can also have the mixed uh, intergender tag with Rene <laughs> and Brie. And their kids. Yeah. <laughs> Ollie, women deserve their own blood and guts. Outcasts with Athena and Mercedes versus Hater, Brit, Sheeda, Sky Blue and Jade Cargill. I know injuries got in the way, but I thought this is where the women's feud of non-homegrown versus homegrown was going. Yeah, that was so, that was a decent feud that was building. It just dissipated. Well, so I think injuries again has hurt that because Hater's hurt. Like, I think it was supposed to be Hater and Mercedes at Forbidden mm. Door. That obviously hurt things. Storm's now the champion, which has obviously changed a few things. I think the injuries has hurt this more than in the same way that the injuries hurt the, the main events as well. Mm. Uh, Elmdras here says, uh, Ciao, Fantastico, Spaghetti Amore, Pizza, Pizza Cote, Ravioli, Mondolio, Zuccarillo, uh, Bambino, cano Cannoli, Cafe, Mamma Mia, Boccaccini Linguini, Macaroni, Tiramisu, uh, Ristorante, Gelato, Tirano, Prosciutto, Espresso, Farfel, Parafel, pizza, gnocchi, Fofelli. Fofelli, sorry, pizza, gnocchi, gorgonzola, uh, Tarantella, Tarantella, vino <laughs> tea. How did he get hold of my shopping list? Are you okay, uh, Elmdras? Is this a code <laughs> that for us to send help? Uh, you, uh, you do uh, strike me as the sort of person that would buy gnocchi. Freaking love Noki. Why? It's delicious. It's, we've, we've actually had this argument I, before. I know. We had a question on the lost episode of After Dark, which is like, what's the best potato? I said, if anyone says Noki in this, they can get out. Because Noki is like the worst form of potato. What's your favorite potato? Roast potato. Strong. Not good potatoes. <laughs> <laughs> well, we, this is what we were saying. Like, 
is mashed potato good or do you need gravy with it? Oh, yeah. Is mashed potato all right on its own? You can hammer some butter into that. Yeah. Which is why I think roast potato is the correct answer because you just need to have a roast potato and it's great. Mm -hmm. You don't need to have all the extras. Anyway. uh, Ooh. Grundle. Grundlewell. It's been a member for 23 months. Sadly, YouTube has become very anti-AEW in the last month. Other Cornet was on the Inside the Ropes again and Chris Van Vliet's interview uh, with... It's not with Meltzer. I think it's with um, Vince Russo. Oh, my. He did, yeah, he had Russo one. Russo was saying predictably thick things um, <laughs> uh, to get those comments. Uh, Jimmy Perano uh, said... or Perano. Per- Perano. Do apologize. Hi, guys. Long-time listener from Chicago. Uh, we'll actually be studying abroad in London at Rose Bruford College in the fall, and I was able to grab floor seats for all in. I'd love to grab a beer with you guys while I'm over there. Jam that jam. Well, yeah, if, if we can arrange a meetup beforehand, that'd be really good. It's on the books. Uh, and Ash Flash here says, awesome dynamite, longitudinal dude. Love you, Swap Nation, Mod Mother and the Mod. Shout out to the Workhorse Wrestling Network, who are fans of the Wrestle Talk world. Oh, thank you so much. Uh, what's our final poll to get a, a, uh, a an objective reading on here this we episode? go. It <clears throat> is... 86% thumbs up, 9% thumbs in the middle, 3% thumbs down. Okay, so it's still overwhelmingly positive. That is more thumbs down than Raw got, though. Raw only got 1% thumbs down this week. I think we just have one chat come through. We have, yeah, who says, Hello, lads. Hope you're all well. from Stephen Costa. Says, Hello, lads. Hope you're all well. Finally had time to watch one of the podcasts live. Just wanted to say thank you for everything that you do. Uh, and as a correction on me, apparently he has had melts on the show. Chris ah. Bambley has. Well, Starbucks Stephen Costa. We know you now. We've met you. What a nice guy. What a nice guy. Uh, Thank you very much for everyone joining us here today. Please press the subscribe button. Go over to watch the WrestleTalk news over on the WrestleTalk channel. Uh, Yeah. Lovely stuff. Jam that jam. Jam that jam. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.